The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for you to grab your pencil and paper and get ready for... Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and this will be a very memorable one, as with all the things that are going on in the Middle East right now, we've got a, our expert and host, Philip Forsberg, Lieutenant Colonel, retired, and uh, we will be with him in just a minute before we start any show. Uh, that has to do with veterans or first responders. We have a, a little thing that we do that, uh, we have a moment of silence and, uh, ask that you think about all of those that are involved and our veterans and our first responders that are so very important to us. We'll be back in just a minute. Thank you. And we also do one other thing to make sure everybody's heart is into this and up and running and ready to go. So without further ado. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. He can hang. He can hang. Young man. Young man. He can hang. He can hang. Feels good. Feels good. So good. So good. Pick them up, lay them down. And uh, we have to get our hearts going with that cadence call. And we've got uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Farsberg on the line with us. He's the host of the show, and he has spent a long time in uh, the Middle East and um, went there for Desert Shield and then stayed for Desert Storm. He had so much fun in the sand, he just couldn't come home. Good morning, Philip. How are you doing? Hello, David. Uh, I'm well today. I hope you're doing well also. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anytime I'm on the top of grass, I'm a happy camper. And the older I get, the closer I get to seeing the roots. But anyway, you know, uh, it, it's, it's an obvious thing to start off and talk about today, and that's the mess that's going on in Israel. And, um, you know, obviously it makes sense to get your perspective of that and, uh, the role the different actors are playing in it. And we also ask that Israel is so important to the United States that 
as we were taking our moment of silence, that we pray for the people in Israel. Uh, it's it's a bad situation that, without a doubt, could get worse. And uh, so, with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to you and if, uh, to Lieutenant Colonel Farsberg and. Uh, if I have a question, I'll just interrupt you and and ask it, Phil. But you're right. you're so knowledgeable and knowledgeable about that area that I don't want to waste time, and get, I want to get right to it and your thoughts on what's going on. So it's yours. Uh, well, I think you know I'm like a lot of Americans whose uh, heart really breaks for uh, what's going on over there right now um, <clears throat> it's a it's a situation that um, the people in Israel have had to live with for a very long time that's that's their that's the life they live it's a, it's a constant threat um, <clears throat> there's they are so important to us as an ally because well for one thing they're the only uh, democracy in that whole region. Uh, they uh, have us for an ally, or at least uh, during certain administrations, they have us for an ally. Um, there are many, many people in the United States who uh, are uh, Jewish and uh, have this affinity for Israel, but there's also many, many, many Christians in the United States who pray for the peace of Jerusalem and, uh, and love that country and, and love the people there. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, so uh, I, I do recall, you know, we relate this to Desert Storm. Uh, <clears throat> Saddam was uh, trying, you know, we... We had all sorts of uh, allies. Uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. We put together a coalition of masterfully from George H.W. Bush, Bush 41. You know, he, he's the former, uh, he was the, the former director of the, the Central Intelligence Agency, so he knew a great deal about foreign policy and, uh, and what was going on. And <clears throat> he put together a coalition that included included Arab nations. It included uh, included Saudi Arabia, of course, who hosted us uh, for our staging, and uh, who hoped to benefit from our protection. And I, I like to think that they did. Um, in addition, uh, I recall that Syria uh, sent troops. I know that Syria sent uh, SA six uh, batteries. Because, uh, well, one night when I failed to make the, the changeover in the uh, identification friend or foe uh, code in my aircraft, uh, I got lit up by a, an SA-6 battery that was coming from the uh, south side of the border, which <clears throat> made me realize it was the Syrians, and it prompted me to switch over to the B code on my uh, transponder where uh, as soon as I did, they uh, they stopped uh, the uh, 
acquisition radar on me. So, <clears throat> um, but the, uh, you know, because we had these Arab allies, um, uh, Saddam thought that he could drive a wedge between us by making, uh, uh making the conflict, uh, a, uh, 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 Israel and its allies against the, uh, a Muslim nation. And, uh, of course, uh, the Israelis were such good allies for us that, uh, you know, we, we provided them, uh, Patriot missile batteries and we provided them <clears throat> chemical defense, uh, things. But, uh, Saddam fired some some of the Scud missiles he fired at Israel, hoping to drag them into a conflict where they acted in self-defense. <clears throat> and I've got to say, uh, what a wonderful job our State Department did of uh, causing them to uh, exercise restraint. And, uh, of course, it wasn't long before we, we put a stop to Saddam Hussein. So uh, I do recall that, but... You know, the, just thinking of the Scud missile, um, it's much like the uh, the rockets that are being fired from uh, Gaza and from uh, the Golan Heights into Israel and the population centers. Uh, it's probably the most cowardly and uh, foolish, uh, desperate act. Uh, it's just nothing but malice involved in something like that, uh, sending <coughs> missiles, rockets into, uh, populated areas with the intent of maximum destructive power causing destruction of property, loss of life, um, human suffering. There's the, just, it is the most despicable thing, um, and of course, the, uh, goes right along with the other despicable acts that we're hearing of. Uh, <clears throat> there's been a long uh, history of uh, working on it, how to uh, how to defeat incoming uh, uh, rockets, artillery, mortars, uh, and great advances have taken place in the um, what they call CRAM, which stands for Counter Rocket Artillery and Mortar. <coughs> you know, <coughs> one of the great uh, threats to uh, our uh, surface vessels in the Navy is uh, these uh, missiles that uh, it's sort of like a cruise missile that can just fly just uh, 20 or 30 feet off the uh, surface of the ocean and hit the uh, hit a surface vessel uh, just above the waterline and uh, so our Navy has developed <clears throat> and our defense industries on behalf of the Navy developed uh, something uh, I, I believe it's called phalanx um, and it is a I think it's like a six barrel 20 millimeter uh, Gatling gun and uh, it is slaved to a radar that uh, the radar will detect 
uh, I guess you could call this sort of a uh, artificial intelligence, but it does a uh, it, it has a, an active radar around the ship that uh, looks for any incoming threat, like one of these missiles, <clears throat> and without uh, instruction, without uh, human intervention at all, it automatically will uh, slew the gun. Uh, to the target uh, calculating a fire control solution and just put down a barrage of uh, 20 millimeter rounds to literally shoot down a missile flying just above the surface of the ocean uh, before it can can hit the ship uh, so amazing that <clears throat> I know that in our latest uh, conflicts in both Iraq and Afghanistan this CRAM, this counter rocket and artillery and mortars, um, was used very, very effectively in uh, forward operating bases. Uh, I did re- read one report in Iraq of uh, the uh, of some uh, some of our enemies had fired uh, six mortar rounds uh, to hit a. Uh, a forward operating base <clears throat> and uh, you know the, the interesting thing if you've ever seen uh, the way a mortar crew can uh, can really perform uh, they were able to put basically six rounds uh, in the air uh, before the first round hit the, the sixth round was in the air and then typically they'll just pack up the mortar and move it because we have radars to determine, you know, where these where the threat is coming from and uh, target the uh, the mortar emplacement itself. So, but uh, in this one particular report I read, there were six rounds uh, dumped toward a, uh, a forward operating base, and the uh, the the CRAM that was uh, installed is now ground based uh, was able to shoot down. Uh, five of the six mortar rounds, and, you know, a mortar round is very small, um, and uh, you know, just to shoot them out of the air, um, just just amazing accuracy, amazing things we could do. Um, you know, <clears throat> the Israelis have uh, developed, I think, three different systems. Uh, one is the, the famous Iron Dome. Um, and then another is uh, called David Sling, and I can't recall what the uh, what the other is named. But uh, they have these systems, and they're essentially counter rocket artillery and mortars, or CRAM, and uh, you know, and they protect their population. But you know, of course, even if you shoot down an incoming missile, now you still have a warhead, and uh, you know, and debris falling. Uh, you, you may be able to detonate the warhead uh, in the air, but it's still going to uh, drop its uh, shrapnel. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's not optimal. Um, and, you know, along these lines, if you recall, uh, you know, our space race was essentially... Um, a uh, contest between the United States and uh, and the Soviet Union 
to see, you know, who had rockets and, uh, and missiles that, uh, had enough precision to land a man on the moon. And, uh, I'm told that once we got <coughs> a man on the moon in 1969, that the Soviet Union abandoned that, uh, space race, mostly because, uh, had they, uh, had they landed a moon, a man on the moon, sometime after we did it would give the world a barometer as to exactly how far behind the United States they were technologically and so they they elected um, not to establish that and um, but uh, I do recall that uh, Ronald Reagan uh, uh, went for something that they call uh, at the time Star Wars which was a uh, a uh, a system that could shoot down intercontinental ballistic missiles. Uh, <coughs> there were a number of uh, different technologies developed. One, I think, was laser or some directed energy uh, weapon for that case. Uh, I do recall that the Soviet Union was absolutely apoplectic about us developing this and they tried to say that we were escalating the arms race uh, when in fact what we were doing was entirely defensive and uh, the only reason for them to uh, want us not to develop it was so that their intercontinental ballistic missiles might be more effective in uh, creating devastation in the United States and uh, you know, I do recall the liberal media of those days uh, putting out uh, uh, their talking points that Ronald Reagan was uh, creating a, uh, uh, a a problem in, in the arms race. And, you know, to me it was interesting and very telling to see that they were so up in arms about us developing a defensive strategy. And... Uh, you know, that's what you get from your friends uh, in the anti-American uh, media. And, uh, <clears throat> in fact, a buddy of mine, uh, about 12 years ago, I would guess, uh, was working in his uh, office, and they had an intern come in um, who had just recently graduated high school, and to my buddy's uh, amazement this uh, this young high school graduate was uh, explaining to my friend how uh, Ronald Reagan had started the Cold War uh, <laughs> if you could believe that comment David yeah uh, I was just thinking we've had uh, false information I guess since day one of everything, and uh, you know, I don't remember that, but uh, I can imagine them saying it. And of of all the people that wouldn't, would be Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and of course, the the real answer is Ronald Reagan ended the Cold War. I mean, 
it officially ended, I would say, when the Soviet Union disappeared, uh, and that was shortly after our victory in Desert Storm, uh, less than a year. <clears throat> um, and and what is Ronald Reagan's most famous statement? Uh, we win, you lose. Mr. Gorbachev? Tear down that wall. Yeah. Well, the wall did come down. Um, but that wasn't the end of the Soviet Union. But it was the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. So they, when they saw what their equipment and tactics uh, and operational doctrine resulted in for, the, for Saddam Hussein, um, they were absolutely uh, demoralized in terms of uh, uh, Leonid Brezhnev's uh, goal of uh, exporting the Soviet system throughout the whole world. Um, kind of realized that was just not going to happen. Do you, where do you, where would you put us today in regard to competitiveness? Well, uh, you feel like we're still that much ahead of the Soviet Union? Well, Soviet Union's gone. We're, we're ahead of Russia. We're well ahead of Russia, but the, the problem is that, uh, our biggest competitor right now on the world stage is, is uh, the communist Chinese. And, uh, well, <clears throat> you know, our scientists are every bit as good as they ever were. Um, the guys who put us, uh, <clears throat> landed a man on the moon with uh, computers less powerful than are in most people's uh, mobile phones. Um, they were able to, you know, put men on the moon and remarkably to bring them back from the moon. Um, but, uh, so, you know, there, there's all sorts of uh, research and development going on, technology, and, you know, one thing builds on another. And, you know, the, the brilliant minds that are uh, evolving now coming out of uh, universities with uh, all sorts of uh, hopeful things for the future. Um, you know, I, I believe in American technology. I'm also a firm believer that, uh, the communist Chinese are stealing everything, uh, as fast as they can. <clears throat> um, they lack the, uh, ability to develop these things. So, um. Well, they don't have to. They just copy us. Yeah, precisely. When they have their man in the White House who is missing in action right now, uh, they're just having a little barbecue over there at the White House and uh, enjoying life and uh, uh, deafening silence from uh, the commander-in-chief of the Army and the Navy um, <clears throat> who uh, seems to be on another one of his uh, Delaware vacations. Um, we've heard from the uh, former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. We've heard from uh, 
former president, Donald Trump. Um, we have heard nothing from Beijing. Joe, he's probably waiting for his instructions from Beijing uh, to determine what sort of half-hearted uh, response we're going to have. The, they're sending the uh, aircraft carrier Ronald Reagan, I'm sorry, Gerald Ford, closer to <coughs> the uh, Gaza coast there. Uh, but uh, my guess is they'll do nothing. Um, we have all sorts of um, wonderful special operators who uh, are probably in class right now learning about uh, uh, various uh, pronouns and genders and such um, uh, and having their uh, morale destroyed by um, by the woke crowd uh, and uh, so <clears throat> we, we have the potential we have we have the people who are we're willing to go and, and do what it takes. Uh, we have the um, the people who can develop the technologies that we need for future warfare. Uh, we just don't have the leadership. You know, and, uh, if I can interrupt yeah. for a second, Phil. Last night I heard something, and I started to call you, and um, I found it just totally unbelievable. And this is that... Um, and this came from Newsmax, who in turn gave credit to the Wall Street Journal for it, who happens to own or be owned by the same company that owns Fox, Murdoch. And uh, this was that Biden has been releasing and declassifying classified documents, even regarding the Gaza Strip. And the only thing I could think of was the military should be knocking on the front door of the White House and pulling Mr. Biden out of the White House and getting him ready for trial. I I can't believe that any president would do something as treasonous as that. But in his state and with his merry men around him I can see him getting away with it and laughing it off that uh, I can do this I'm president but to declassified classified information and make it public information is just beyond me well we also have an imbecile for uh, the secretary of state uh, Lincoln, who's uh, called for a ceasefire. Um, so uh, it looks like the Biden administration is uh, is uh, intent on uh, tying the hands of the Israelis uh, and not uh, not condoning them uh, taking uh, remedial action in this case. Uh, it's very sad. It's very telling. We have a um, we have a Secretary of Defense who uh, is more interested in uh, diversity and teaching about white rage and uh, 
white privilege and all sorts of divisive things <clears throat> uh, to our military rather than actual readiness. Um, Secretary of the Army is a Some woman, I don't know if she's ever served a day in uniform. I don't know if she would know which end of the rifle goes down range first. But, uh, you know, this, uh, we've just given over our, uh, uh, all the leadership that matters, uh, we've given that over. And of course, you have a, a population that thinks that, uh, nothing bad can ever happen and there's no need to have, uh, Defenders, uh, there's no need to be serious about these things. And, uh, and then we have a president who, uh, wanted to, uh, revisit the, uh, the nuclear deal so that we could get nuclear weapons into, uh, Iran and, uh, also fund them with six billion dollars, uh, that <clears throat> we see exactly what they're using it for. Um, and uh, I know that Iran uh, would not uh, flinch without uh, checking all their actions ahead of time, the Chinese Communist Party. And so uh, <clears throat> between Ukraine and, uh, and this now, this sets the stage for, um, for the Chinese to do what they want to do in uh, Taiwan. And uh, it's just a very, very dangerous world that we live in. Everybody thinks, uh, uh, you know, our biggest problem, the biggest the threat to America that uh, the Biden administration could come up with is climate change. <laughs> uh, so, you know, let me just say this. When you go to the poll to vote, just consider who on the ballot there uh, wants to do the most destruction to the United States and then vote for his or her opponent. Uh, who who would who would the Ayatollah like to see uh, in the White House <laughs> and then vote for the other guy? He's got him. <clears throat> right. They've got exactly what they want. And, you know, I do recall many years ago during the, uh, uh, the somewhat reminiscent days of, uh, the Jimmy Carter administration, um, the, uh, we had our American embassy seized in Tehran and, and all these, uh, American diplomats held hostage and the, uh, and the Ayatollah was running around saying death to America. America is the great Satan. And, uh, and then <clears throat> the election of 1976 started sorting out. And lo and behold, the Ayatollah issued a warning to the United States not to vote for Ronald Reagan. They must, they must reelect Jimmy Carter. Or there would be trouble. Well, <clears throat> I do recall, uh, Henry Kissinger being interviewed on CNN, I think by Wolf Blitzer at the time, 
and they asked him, well, what do you think about the, the Ayatollah's threat to tell us that, you know, we shouldn't vote for Ronald Reagan? And I do recall what uh, Henry Kissinger said in response was, well, I thought the whole idea of this country was that we don't let people in other countries tell us what to do. Uh, and, you know, the Ayatollah was right. There, uh, they elected Ronald Reagan and there was trouble. There was so much trouble coming for the Ayatollah that, uh, he quickly got the, uh, everybody, every American out of Iran and on a plane going to Washington before Ronald Reagan could even, uh, finish the oath of office. They were, they were en route. You check me and see if I'm wrong on that. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, pulling ballot levers today that uh, were never born by then. Uh, but uh, understanding history and understanding, uh, you know, what uh, what's taken place in the past is uh, very instructive because I am afraid we're on the verge of a very different uh, time in America. And the world. And I think the fuse has been lit. I don't have a crystal ball, but um, they realize that the United States no more has leadership in the White House. We don't have leadership in Congress. We don't have leadership in our military. We don't have leadership anywhere. And response depends on leadership and the plan that the leadership has put together. And with our administration, such as it is, you know, it... uh, we're in very, very scary times. And it would be nice to be able to say, well, we got, we got the executive branch and we know what they are, but we can rely on the, on Congress and folks in Congress to step up. And unfortunately, they just step in it. They don't step up. And then you turn to, you have, you, we're out of places to turn. You can't go to the court system. And, you know, I, I look to our former military, quite frankly, that, uh, something is going to have to be done. And the only people that I know that I can honestly say that I rely on and respect and know that they would come to the defense of their country are veterans like you sir I I know that you would be first in line and whatever the case might be you would take charge and whatever the situation called for you'd be there and this is, I think this is one place that the world doesn't understand the United States or the American citizen. 
We may be down, but we ain't out. And it would be amazing how fast our country and our veterans could come together. Am I off base on any of that? No, David, but, you know, one thing you have, I mean, I realize that I am uh, a bit younger than you are, but only a bit, maybe a decade, okay? And, you know, my days of leading troops in combat are behind me. Uh, I have enough trouble getting around these days. Um, so we, we have to have, uh, young men trained and motivated. And, th- you know, this, this is where your veteran leadership is going to come from, from these people who are young and, uh, and need to learn, but, <clears throat> you know, their heart's in the right place. It's so, it's so imp- the institutions of America have been under assault. The family, the military, law enforcement, uh, the church, all these things that have kept our country strong are under a relentless attack uh, from our enemies, foreign and domestic. And, uh, you know, unless we get our stuff in one bag, could be the end of our civilization. I can't argue with you. If you think about, you know, how the Roman Empire fell with all the barbarians, and then just look to our southern border, see what's happening. there, There are people whose goal it is to crash our system, to use our freedoms as weapons against them. And this administration is going to pay a bill. Yeah, I guess we'll pay it right now. As a matter of fact, and uh, I, uh, I just I get so involved talking with you, Phil. That uh, and I respect every word you say. So I'm glad you stopped me, and we will pay a bill right quick. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. What will Victor say next? Find out every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the On Point with Victor show, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are so glad to have you listening to America's Web Radio. And we are known for the truth and telling it like it is. And we would appreciate our veteran audience is growing daily and our shows like the show we're doing right now remembering desert shield and desert storm are the reason that we are getting such a name with our veterans and asset 
you tell your veteran friends, and if you're a veteran, you pass it on to your buddies, your past buddies, about America's Web Radio. We'd appreciate it. And if you have any questions or would like to uh, voice your opinion at some point, contact, just email gm at America's Web Radio, and we'll get back to you and we'll arrange a time. And if you have a question for Phil Forsberg, don't hesitate to uh, email us and we'll see that Phil gets it or any of our hosts and um, even Victor and certainly Mark the shark from New York he and I uh, spent quite a while on the phone last night talking about what's going on and you know I guess one of the scariest things to me is like I said our administration our leaders have no clue of how many people have come across our border wanting to kill us and are putting together a plan to do just that. And we have to vigilance, we have to be aware, we have to be, civilians have to be aware of their surroundings. And if they see something strange going on in their neighborhood or in a person's garage or whatever the case might be, tell the police about it. Let them investigate. It's not going to get you in any trouble. Just say, you know, something's weird's going on across the street from me. And the police are trained to do exactly that, investigate. And this is looking towards civilians and our veterans and our veteran civilians This is the way we're going to get through all of this. And this is going to be a long march. Uh, We'll be playing a lot of Jody's getting through all of this. But, um, you know, I'm very optimistic that we've still got the greatest country in the world and that a greater power than ever says we're going to succeed against Satan and the Wokes and, you know, you, what the wokes are doing in our public schools is beyond the pale. And people, parents, and in my case, my faith says that our God won't put up with it. And uh, there will be an end. But unfortunately, there has to be a beginning, and we we may be seeing the beginning. So, back to you, Phil. I didn't mean to rattle on, and I'm glad you stopped me. Well, David, uh, I guess, uh, you know, there's going to have to be sort of a, a pendulum swing, and people are going to have to... Uh, you know, the kids who are going to, you know, be at the mall or, you know, in their parents' basement or wherever, you know, hanging out at the malt shop or whatever the deal was, uh, <clears throat> these kids are, uh, you know, young men today are going to have to realize that they are the strength uh, and they're going to have to go in and, uh, you know, join the armed forces. Uh, train themselves uh, or 
you know, allow themselves to be trained and be the solution to this problem because it, um, unfortunately, uh, to deal with what we have today, it's going to take warfare, it's going to take sacrifice, it's going to take people willing to give their lives um, to combat this kind of evil. And uh, so military readiness is more important today than it's ever been. And <clears throat> I will tell you that uh, the, the pendulum does swing. Uh, we went from Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan. And, uh, you know, under the Carter administration, our strategy in Europe was something they called the active defense. And uh, when I asked, well, what does active defense mean? They said, well, it means that we're going to trade real estate for time. We're going to cede ground to the, uh, to the enemy in order to buy time. And so I said, well, that just sounds like surrender to me. That just sounds like running away. And the answer was, yeah, well, yeah, basically, that's it. We're going to run away. Um, <clears throat> so our enemies in the Soviet Union, they missed the opportunity when Jimmy Carter was president. But I don't think they want to miss that opportunity again now that they got uh, Beijing Joe in the White House. And uh, But if we do get a chance to swing the pendulum back before we're utterly destroyed, then um, I'm talking to young people today, or maybe to grandparents of young people or parents of young people, just understand that it's going to take that sort of sacrifice. We, that the greatest generation of World War II, well, they're just going to have to be the second greatest generation because we need a greater generation right now. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, David, I have a passion for taking care of uh, veterans and getting them the, uh, the benefits that they've earned. The benefits are not... Uh, they're not some sort of charity from the government. This is this is a a contract that our uh, nation has made with uh, those who serve in our armed forces, and the contract is we're going to take care of you if you are injured or disabled or sickened by uh, serving in our armed forces. And uh, so when I help veterans get the benefits that they've been uh, denied uh, I am not being a drag on the uh, you know on the federal budget and in fact what I'm doing is strengthening our armed forces because young people will see that veterans are not abused and they'll be more inclined to offer their service um and, you know, we can't go back to the days of the, uh, of the bonus riots, um, from the 1930, uh, time frame where we had the army abusing, uh, veterans who had, uh, gathered to, uh, sue the government for their, uh, promised benefits. <clears throat> so, uh, 
we need to bear faith and allegiance with our veterans and support them in ways that we said we would. Phil, I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't act or ask because uh, this has been the most important question that continues to be asked from everybody. With your experience and background in intel, how did Israel let down their guard so much that this happened? And the United States as well. We have intel all over the world, and we didn't see it coming. Well, my guess is, uh, and it's only a guess, that somebody did see it coming. And when they pointed it out, they were ignored. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of um, wishful thinking that goes on in uh, White House staff today. <coughs> and I would say that um, um, our own uh, wishful thinking that we could uh, just like uh, Professor Harold Hill in The Music Man um, generate peace through uh, the, uh, the think system or whatever good vibes or whatever um, we, so we've kind of <clears throat> disarmed uh, or, or distracted Israel and you know we're offering them all sorts of uh, peace with uh, the Abraham Accords and you just have to be a good neighbor and these things will work themselves out and uh, you know there were probably people uh in Israel who were ignored when they pointed out um, the the malintent of their nation's uh, adversary and uh, sometimes they might say well diplomatically it's uh, you know it's inappropriate for us to bring that up or whatever so um, I suggest uh, we should uh not only allow but encourage uh, is the Israelis to do whatever it is they think is in their best interest for their own defense um, because uh, we uh, you know we need to do what's best for us and Israel needs to do what's best for them and uh, so I think there and also you can't uh, discount David that the fact that there are likely as many, uh, or not as many, but uh, proportionately, they probably have a significant number of uh, weak-minded liberals in the uh, Israeli population that vote and apply political pressure toward foolish things. And like it's been pointed out, which... This was so well planned and has been planned. Uh, they were, I heard some yo-yo talking about that. Oh, they've been planning it for weeks. No, I think they've been planning it for months and probably well over a year. And 
they wanted to see what Joe Boy would do in the White House, which has been proven to be nothing. And then uh, adding insult to injury was that our congressional leaders, they couldn't get together to tie a shoe. And then they look at the rest of our government and figured this is the time for Hamas and Hezbollah to make their move, particularly Hamas, and that uh, I think they've gotten the response that they were expecting, a very weak response from Mr. Biden. And, you know, you can tell a lot by a guy's voice and, and his looks and his reactions and his body language And when you have a guy standing at the podium and apologizing for saying that we're going to stand behind our allies, you realize that you've got such a a milk toast up there that you can do virtually anything you want. And I, I think that we're going to wake up very shortly to news of Taiwan. And it's going to go on and on from there and... I don't see turning the Titanic around at this point. Well, you know, uh, you know, and I've made my position clear. It, it seems, uh, the, you know, the most plausible uh, explanation for his actions and inactions are that he's taking his instructions directly from our enemies. And um, you have to understand that Iran is part of what's called Southwest Asia. And the communist Chinese, their doctrine is that they will be the hegemon. They will be in control of everything that happens in Asia. And that's all the way from Turkey to uh, um, the Bering Strait. They... uh, they want to be in control of everything, and that's why I say I don't think the Iranians would have done anything without first <clears throat> coordinating this with the Chinese. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me in the least the Chinese had uh, said go ahead with this because of the uh, timing of the of the um, turmoil in the House of Representatives. Um, you know the House basically the only place where uh, conservatives held the majority and uh, now with with the turmoil that's there um, it's perfect time to act and um, I'm just praying that we can make it till uh, January of 2025 but uh, it's uh, it's difficult times it's definitely time to be on our knees and praying I would add one other thing, and uh, this comes out of Revelations, and it is the blood moons over Israel. And uh, that will, in Revelations it calls for four, 
and uh, we've had three now. So I'll leave that at that. And with that being said, we're going to have to uh, close out for today and hope that we're here again next week with Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Phil, as always, you add so much to America's web radio, and you're you're so smart, and I appreciate you being a part of the AWR family. And a very important part. The the worst part for me of the whole experience is listening to you tell people how smart I am. (laughs) Well, I don't have to tell them. They can just listen to the show and realize that um, you're in a much higher grade pay scale than I am. So with that being said, we got to get out of here and... Make room for more on America's Web Radio. Phil, thank you, sir. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.